Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. This is the last time that uh, Online Darts will be talking to you in 2020. But not too bad of a day, not too shabby of a day after what happened at the World Darts Championship yesterday. This is day 13 of the World Championship Daily. We are three days away or three days of action away now from crowning our world champion for 2021. Welcome along then for the final time of 2020. And uh, my name, of course, is Jarlath Beach, and joining me to talk some darts with you is Jack Gobby-Garwood and Cam McFarlane. Gentlemen, a very good, uh, well, very well welcome uh, to you. It's a good evening, but of course, give me good morning or good afternoon, whatever time you listen to the show. Uh, but a very warm welcome uh, to the show. Uh, Gob, we shall start with you. And uh, before we actually get onto the darts, I think we want to talk about a certain uncle. Well, not to us <laughs> literally, but to everybody. A in metaphorical, a metaphorical uncle. Absolutely. Uh, fully, fully congratulations and big congratulations to the legend that is Mr. Barry Hearn, who has got himself uh, an OBE for services of sport. Incredible stuff. Yeah, super. Thoroughly deserved. Um, he's, he's been a great ambassador for, for sport in general, but darts in particular since he got involved with the PDC. Um, He's taken it from strength to strength under his vision. We've seen similar with his um, with snooker and and just the whole of Matchroom as a whole. Um, he's he's kept it in the family, if you like, and, and divulged some of the business and, and taught them on and, and secured it for generations. And he's he's just been a fantastic servant for high class British and global sport. Yeah, Cam, what a what a man he is, and in particular this year for doing what he did to get darts back up and running and snooker, as God mentioned. I mean, I, I've I've already tweeted this to Matt Port, who's the chief exec, and said he deserves a medal as well, deserves an honour for how he's done. But this is incredible stuff for Barry, who has been at the forefront of darts for the best part of forty years, nearly or twenty years, certainly, is in the PDC. Of course, it is. I mean, it's it's long, long overdue. I mean, what he's done with sport in this country. Um, there's there's not many that have done more. If you look at what he did with boxing, 
Um, going back, obviously, the where he started off, and then what he's done with with the darts and taking it to a whole new level, and then he's doing the same with snooker as well. He's he's been influential in in the rise of sport in this country, and I think he's long overdue and absolutely deserved. I honestly is. think he could have it could have even gone higher for him, I think. And I think possibly one day it might. Well, we can only hope because he does deserve it. But congratulations from all of us here at Online Darts. Barry, uh, we really do appreciate what you've done for the sport, in particular for what you've done in the sport uh, at this moment in time when we have needed it the most. And of course, it's not been the greatest of days for everybody here in the uh, in the UK, particularly in England, but we will, I'm sure, touch on that a little bit later. But let's focus on the darts. And we'll start off, God, with the Welshman. And I'm smiling from ear to ear. No, look. Yeah, look, I bet you are. It's it, it, in all seriousness, though, right? I, I've loved watching the revival and the resurgence of Merv King, but tonight I didn't think that he was on it against Gerwin Price. And Price has had two really tough tests in the first two rounds, two last set deciders, went to a last leg decider against Brendan Dolan. He's managed to get there now to a big moment here. That was probably the most comfortable I've seen Price win a game of darts since arguably the World Grand Prix final? I, th- I think you might be right. He, he, he didn't make it difficult for himself, right? This isn't to say it was a bad game. We're, we're starting with it because it's going price. And let's be honest, there's the majority of people watching this event are expecting it to be a Van Gerwen price final. So we're trying to set that angle up. But it wasn't a bad game of darts by any means. A 97-98 average. You just felt that Merv at times was was a dart behind maybe the odd 40 points that you would have gained from a treble rather than hitting a single. Um, and his, his finishing letting down at crucial moments. Price was 51% on doubles. King was down on 29. And the odd checkout either way, and we could have been looking at a last set, seven-set thriller between the pair. That's how set play works. It can go away from you very quickly. Um, and King got punished for that tonight. Well, yeah, Kev, we talked about that there, you know, God mentioned it in the fact of you come to the first set, King misses bull to get a first leg on the board. Price finds a 1-4-8 out of nowhere to go win the first set 3-0. You look at the fifth set when he'd just come back out of the break. Uh, you know, obviously he squandered two legs, really, and the first and ultimately the last leg of the match. And Price just found ways to win. And I'm not going to suggest this is like... Peter Wright and what happened last year because he because apart really from the Noel Malik then game I don't think it was really that big of a test I mean the Jeffrey Deswan game went to seven sets yes but I didn't ever think he was losing that game but what you want to do I guess is really build your way into a tournament if you're going to try and peak for that right time and Gerwin Price certainly looks like he's doing that he does and what made it so comfortable was his quality at the end of a leg Um, he didn't score like we've seen him score and probably expected a little more from him. I certainly thought, expected a bit more from Mervyn as well of what we've seen of him recently. But, I mean, over 50% at the checkout for going is what, what made the difference in that game. Mm. And he got, he got it done fairly comfortably in the end. He, he didn't look worried. I mean, even that last start to take it, there was no sense of sort of nerves. He just, just hit it first start and got got the game over with. Uh, like you said, he's sort of just working his way into it still. I still don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of him. Um, and 
I mean, the, the point you make about, about the set play and how it gets away from you when you are losing those key sort of legs. Funnily enough, if you go back to what Gerwin Price was asking on his Instagram last night about whether it should be set play or not, um, I think he'll be quite happy it was today. Well, yeah, you mean, look at this guy. He's won the la- he won the last set play tournament. He's now in the quarterfinal of the next one. And remember, of course, and, and this is the big thing, if he does win this tournament, he becomes world number one. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> I, thought you might, I thought you might not like that one. That's why I threw that question to you. Yeah, how convenient. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah, let's top off the last few games for you. <laughs> yeah. for, for, a man com- for a man complaining about the format, he, he's not bad, is he? Let's be fair. No, definitely not. So, obviously, we'll come on to who he plays in that quarterfinal a little bit later on. We won't play the going price interview uh, today because we've got so much more to talk about, in particular, with the next two things that we will talk about. But if you want to hear that, you can go right now to onlinedance.com, look on our report of the day, and you'll be able to find the interview that we've done there with going price at the press conference. Or, of course, subscribe to Online Darts TV on YouTube. Hit us a like, hit us a subscribe on there. You can watch all the interviews that we've done today. Uh, one interview that we will be playing today... Um, is Gary Anderson. Now, we will talk about the interview in just a second, but let's focus on the game because, Cam, this is a very, very solid performance, I thought, from Gary Anderson. I really enjoyed this game watching from Gary. This is probably... We talked about saying the the most comfortable prices looked since, uh, you know, October in, in the World Grand Prix final. This one was just brilliant from Anderson. He just really found something on the doubles. And Peterson ran out of steam. Didn't yes, he hit in five maximums, but once again, his double hitting just wasn't there. No, it wasn't. Uh, Gary again. Again, we're looking at another player who's gone out there and put above fifty percent up on the doubles. And anytime you're doing that, an average in mid nineties up to a hundred, you're going to be very difficult to beat. But it was so clinical from from Gary today, and I thought. The biggest thing for me was that last set, he looked like he kind of clicked into gear because before that point, he didn't really look like he was anywhere near his best, but he was just hitting shots when he needed to. But that last set kind of just made me think, 12 to 1 looks a big price. Did you have a little bit of a lump on there? I did a little bit, yeah. Just Ooh. just a little little cheeky one. little cheeky little bet there on Anderson at 12 to 1. That is a huge price for Gary Anderson in any tournament. But... I, I think the point that you make there about that, that fourth set is interesting because they've only got one dart and a double in that fourth set. But I think the key for me was the second set, Gob, when he's 2-0 down is Gando, but then he manages to find a 160 checkout to go and get the the, the, lead, the, the, the set. He managed to get one of the sets at least back on throw. He managed to get the hold of throw there. And then for me, I think... It's a big moment because Devon doesn't get another shot at a double in that set. And yes, he goes on and, and potentially could go and win a couple with a couple more legs during the game. But at no point there did you really think that he was putting on any pressure. That 160 for me was just pure vintage Gando. Yeah, and it's it's something we haven't really seen from Gando in the last six to eighteen months, perhaps. Either side of his, his back injury, really. He's been drawn into scraps and he's made games a lot more difficult for himself than he's needed to over over that time period. And that 160 is the sort of shot he was hitting a few months up previous to that 18 months when he was going on to pick up titles for fun. Mm. It knocks the sails out of your opponent and it just keeps him at arm's length. And every time you get close and every time you think you're building something on him, 
you just push them back that little bit further or you edge ahead that little bit further and constantly stay one step ahead. And like I said, he hasn't been doing that recently. He's been drawn into a lot of scraps. Um, but that was massive for him. He kept, a, it wasn't the best, Devon, but Devon is a dangerous player now. He's, he's a far more difficult challenge than he has ever been at the Alexandra Palace before. And that was a comfortable overall victory in the end for Gary. And he'll be really pleased with his work, I think. And this is a big I, moment as well. But just a quick one before you come in there, Cam. That win today has put him back into the world's top 16. He's back in the, the rest of the, everybody. The rest of the field will not like that because no. you're hearing his interview, a couple of other things. Absolutely. But among that, he also says that next year is his year. He's really going for it again. He's got the bit between his teeth, bit of fire in his belly. A couple of people have maybe stoked the fire a little bit to, to benefit that. Um but if this is a half-assed Gary, no, I haven't got it in me to win it this year, and he's still in the quarterfinals of the tournament, and he's telling everybody he's back and he's coming for you next year, look out. Because if he's at every Pro Tour, all right, he won't be at the Euro Tour. We'll, we'll put that out there right now. But if he's at every event playing darts, and heaven forbid he actually uses his own practice board for any amount of time throughout the year, the rest <laughs> of the field are in trouble because the man's still absolutely mustered. Oh, absolutely. He literally, I just think, seeing that interview, I just thought next year is going to be some year for him. He's literally, he's already talking about putting a schedule together and everything he's going to do. And I just thought, you don't hear this at all from Gary. And he's on about going on till he's 90 now. And he's <laughs> literally gone from, he was giving up last week. And now he's going on till he's 90. He's going to stay forever and beat everyone and show everyone what he can do. And I absolutely love that. I think even... Even when he said that, obviously it'll come come up in the interview. But when he said that the rest of this tournament, he still doesn't feel like he's there. And like, I'm not so sure. I think I think there's a lot of fire there that's going to get him, get him, push him right up to his best. Well, we've teased the interview enough. Let's hear from him now. Here is Gary Anderson after his four-nil win over Devon Peterson. Gary, you've uh, got to be delighted with the scoreline. What about the performance? Ah, uh, dodgy at first, you know, pinched a few sets. There was a couple of times I was, I think it was twice, I was 2-0 two, two down in the set, and I've, I've nicked it, you know. Devon never scored well. My darts, they, they look good when I let go, but they don't go where they're going. The last, the last set, they started to do what they were supposed to do, so, yeah. It's still not bad going though, reaching the quarterfinals of the Willie Moe World Championship when you are nowhere near your top level. Not many people could do that. Must be my luck. Was that lucky dog poo poo that I stood in? Uh, no, listen, I've said it, right? I play darts. I go there. If the boy's better than me, I'm still going to play darts against him. Wayne Mardell's comment the other night, what a ticket. You know, if you're playing a player and you need to put him off, slow him down. That's coming from a commentator on Sky. You know, my way of playing darts, you go there. If he hits a ton, you hit a 140. If it's a 140, you hit a 180. Pressure on, try to outscore him, try to outplay him, outfinish him. You know, now Wayne's telling everyone, if you've got a problem with a player, slow him down or do what you can to put him off. What an empty. That's, that's absolutely great for television. And it's a great thing to tell kids what to do, isn't it? Proud of you, Wayne. Well, we didn't see any of that with you and Devin here today. You've even got the right tables and everything. Proper darts. Proper darts. You throw your darts. You try to outbeat the player, beat him with what you've got in your hand. Not all this and all the tactics and whatever Wayne tells you to do <laughs> doesn't affect, does it? Did that surprise you that Mentor was doing that? Because he's done that before too, hasn't he? There's bad and there's bad. Now, come on, you boys. See, this is the thing with you lads, right? You sit and you watch darts. I play darts. 
I know how everybody plays. I could be praying Brendan Dolan. I know exactly how long he takes. If he wavers from that and does something else, I pick it up. So it just shows you, you boys don't actually watch and listen and see things that you're supposed to do. Well, I mean, 23 seconds before you would throw your first dart. Come on. And you've, and, and you've got the boys that are playing that, that moan about it. Wayne Mardell, Rod Hatton, Mark Webster, they've all played darts. I've seen them kicking off because somebody's done something to them. Right? Now, if they'd been up there playing, they'd have been a hell of a lot worse than what I was. So trust me on that one. All right? So you can tell them. I've heard their comments. Don't think a lot about them, but it's a great way to tell the public how to play darts. Well done, lads. Proud of you. It'll be an interesting quarter-final for you because you've got either Glenn Durant, who you've played him before. He's not, not a quick player, but he's steady. See, the, this is the thing. There's, there's quick and there's slow. Mm. You've got slow players, but when they go an hour, ten seconds longer, come on, lads. You know. And the thing about the table wasn't about the table, who was on what side. It was where you stand at the table. As soon as I came off after throwing, he was standing with his back to me as I walked up. If you watch any dark game, player walks back... Other players there, you walk around them, because I moved. His back is to me, towards the dartboard. So now I've got a cup of, cut across the hockey. If he turns around to throw, I'm now walking in front of him. That makes me in the wrong. So get all your facts right. See, he's all come out with all these things and do that. Think about what you say before you talk about it. Hey, Wayne. If you do end up playing dirt, because you don't know who's going to come through, he's a guy who's, who can be very quick and then very slow, and it changes all the time. That, that great, that's a difficult thing to deal with. I tell you what, Dirk's playing well. Uh, who's he playing? Glenn. Glenn. Glenn's been struggling last. You know, I thought he would have struggled against Jason Lowe, because I tell you what, Jason Lowe definitely one to watch out for. You know, but like I say, play your darts. Just it's a game of darts. It's not about how to put somebody off before you actually go up there to play them. Play the boy. We saw you at the World Match Play. It's kind of similar, where you weren't in great form. You sort of played yourself into form over the course of the tournament, went all the way to the final. Do you feel that could be happening over? I've got to play. You know, it's the only way I can. You know, I'm up there to play darts. And I've said that. I, win or lose, I don't care. But I'm up there to try to beat the boy in front of me. You know, if I ever thought for one second, slow the game down by five seconds, and you'll win the World Championships, would I do it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. So that makes me the bad person. You know, so I'll play darts how darts are supposed to be played. And if nobody likes it, <laughs> do one. You know, I'm, I'm here to play darts. What I've done over the last 20, 25 years is play darts. If I can't beat them with my darts, well done, lad. All the best in the tournament. That might get a third world title. Thank you very much. Gary, congratulations. Just touching on that, I know you spoke about it at the slam and everything like that. Are you frustrated that nothing's done about it and players keep doing it tournament after tournament? Well, no proof. That's it for you sit and watch it and see everything in front of you. I just want to play darts. Criticise me. If I'm wrong because I play darts the way I think darts should be played, if they hit a ton, you hit a 140. If they hit a 140, you hit a 180. You keep the pressure on, outplay them, outfinish them. It's the only way you'll play somebody. And you've got somebody going up. If you want to beat them, slow them down. Do this. That's great for television, isn't it? That's absolutely fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I play darts. If I get beat, listen, mate, well done. Play brilliant. But let darts be darts how it used to be. You talked in your post-match that if it didn't change, you'd walk away. Was that a serious threat? Well, I probably would have done until uh, Harrington piped up. Now I'm going to play. I'm going to play for a long time. You know, I have a year or two years left. Not now. If I can make it till 90, just to make sure I cheese them off, I'll be playing till I'm 90. 
Sorry, boys, I'm back. Do those comments hurt that much? Then? No, especially when it comes to commentators and uh, directors of the PDC. You know, they, they they keep going on about me moaning, right? But I stick to the rules. I'm a stickler for rules, right? And I play the game how it's supposed to be played. So if they've got a problem with that, and of course they don't like me speaking about it or doing what I do, that's their problem. I'm a dart player. I'm here to play darts the honest way and throw darts and play darts and try to beat the boy with what I've got in my hand. Not to put him off and knock him off his game. I'm there to play how I want to play darts. So if I'm wrong for that, if I'm guilty, jail me. Lock away the key. But well, that's the way I am. So what can you do about it? Not a bloody lot, I'll tell you. I know you said you've got no expectations, but that fire... Oh, next year. Trust me, next year I'm on it. I'm on it. Even this yeah. year at the world, that yeah. fire, could that come through now? Or the passion that you're feeling? It should do, but it's not. <laughs> the anger's there, but the, the darts, the darts, uh, the way my darts are going, not quite yet. But next year, honestly, I'm, I'm going to sit down with Ryan. We're going to get a reschedule set up for next month, and we're on it. Trust me. Yeah. It won't help. It won't help Ryan practice me, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try to help him out. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, next year. Because the last two years has been a shambles, but uh, next year, yeah. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> the tasty one, wasn't it? <laughs> um, oh my goodness me! Um, I, I still hear it now. That's about the fourth or fifth time I've listened to that interview, Cam. Um, tell us how you really feel, Gary. Uh, don't sit on the fence, lad. <laughs> I, I mean, you've got to love that, haven't you? There's nothing I like better, it. There's nothing like better it. at all than someone just going out there, telling it like it is, and just getting into it. It's like JJ Watt in the NFL the other day, where he just basically mm. called out all his teammates. Like, just go out there, tell everyone how you feel. None of these like politically correct coached answers that a lot of people give to questions. I absolutely love seeing that. All I will say though, uh, Gob, is that it's interesting that he's calling out people that haven't responded yet. From what I watched, obviously, on the Sky coverage, we haven't heard from Rod, we haven't heard from Wayne. Um, it's an interesting line to go down between those two. And I don't want to say it will hinder him potentially in the long run, but if but if things were to happen, like say, for instance, like he gets absolutely thrashed in the next round or he doesn't win this world championship, they could use that a little bit. And that could be a bit of a rivalry there between him and the television companies, which could ultimately drive him away from the sport. And that's a big thing. I am a bit quite concerned about that. Um, I was until you listened to the comments he made about Rod and him saying he wants to play until he's 90 just to stick it to him. He's a man of his word, is Gary. Like, you rile him up and he says he's going to do something, he will do it. So I don't think he'll move away from the sport. And to be honest, whilst there are sentiments of his, his comments I agree with and... There's a, there's a lot of basis to what he's actually saying. He's, he's putting them in a difficult position in turn now, not just himself, but they still have to go and do a job without bias. Yeah. And that would be incredibly difficult to do now if somebody of, of Gary's stature is is questioning that of you. It's difficult for them as well because at the end of the day, he's absolutely box office, isn't he? Like, if he gets embroiled in a battle with someone, it's box office, so it's not like they can just disregard him or off the back of his comments. They've still got to give him the airtime because 
everybody wants to see him. They certainly do. Or, uh, or maybe he actually wanted to go and watch Corey this afternoon. That was why he produced a 4 0 performance. Because actually, That's what he tweeted. I'd say tro- uh, trolling, <laughs> absolute top trolling from ITV3, putting a classic episode of Coronation Street on at the same time as Ando was playing. Absolute scenes. Uh, we have to move it on, though. And we're going to talk about probably for me the best match of the day today, God. Um, in the shape of Dave Chisner against Dimitri Vandenberg. Well, I say that it was the best match of the day for about four and a half sets, five sets. We will come on to that and we will discuss that in a bit. But let's talk about the game as a whole. 101 average played 102. For the majority of the match, it was around 105, 106. This was really good from both players looking to make the quarterfinal though against Michael Van Gerwen. But once again, Chizzy, second quarterfinal in three years, he made a World Grand Prix semi-final. Yes, he mismatched starts. That is what Chizzy does. But he loves set play clearly. And he's just starting now to look interesting. He's back at world number eight, you know, on the cusp, potentially, of a Premier League call-up. This is a, a dangerous Chiz. Well, how many times yeah. have we said that, though? <laughs> it is. Where... Um... Oh, go on, Cam. This is where I eat a big slice of humble pie because I picked him as a seed in danger to go out in the <laughs> nice good work yeah and i i was quick enough to to blow my own trumpet when kim Ibrex threw in a massive average so i'm i'm gonna be humble enough to say that i got it completely wrong on chizzy i do really like chizzy as well and it was great to see i mean the biggest thing for me is his finishing was quality and mm. he didn't look shaky on the double other than there were a couple of moments here and there but not many and if anything, it was Dimmy who you wouldn't expect as much to be shaky at the end, who struggled with the doubles and, and got punished. This is a big moment again, God, because we talked about that. That, that When Dimmy coming back in that towards the fourth, fifth, and then the middle of that sixth set, you cannot miss. No matter what's going on around you, you cannot miss seven for the leg. That You just cannot do that when you're already chasing the game. It just looked to me as if he spent all his energy trying to get back into the game. And I think the magnitude of what he was trying to do, make a World Championship quarterfinal yet again, sort of hit him. He, he can't have been out of energy. He spent so much time calming himself down. We will come on to that. Talk about the game first. <laughs> You're right, yeah. He, he looked like he was a little bit spent and I, I just it got a bit ugly, didn't it? Um yes. it wasn't great viewing towards the end. I'm gonna have a say on it at some point in the next five minutes, so hold on tight. Um but the first three sets were fantastic, and despite the fact it went 3-0 down, Dimi played better darts throughout those three sets, and that's what I want to see. Yeah, I, I think he played... I think the first five sets was very, very good, if you want me to be brutally yeah. honest. I think the first five sets was very, very good indeed. Yeah. We, will, we Do you know what? We will discuss Chizzy's chances at, uh, and how far he can go when we talk about the quarterfinals. Spoiler alert from me, he ain't going any further. But let's yeah. hear <laughs> from Dan Trisnell right now, and then we'll come back to you, Bob. I promise you, you can have your say <laughs> after this press conference. Here it is. Dave, were you aware in the middle of that game just how high the standard was? Are we just in the zone and kind of? I was just in the zone. We both were playing well. Up. And like I'm, I need to set there that I think it was the first one. With a 1-4-4. And then the second set, he could have made it 2-2 and I, I took a, not, I think a big finish, I don't know. 
Can't remember now. And then I thought, come on, you're turning up here now. It's not far away and just keep cool. That's what I did. And when he started coming back at me, I was like, oh, come on. And then they had the shots. When I, I blocked the shots three times. And then I lost them legs. I was like, come on. So I thought, when he had the bullseye in that last, last one, I had the 102 at 20 after the 8 over top. So 8 with 42, I got a bull. I think he had 2 out of 2 on 32 as well, so I was happy with that. I mean, you were hitting most things you were going for in that game. Yeah. Do you ever reassess some of your tactical decisions in the game? I mean, in that last one, ball's the smallest target on the board. You were blocking your path to double top a few times. Yeah, that's why I didn't go for the 42, because I blocked. I hit a 12 20 for the, for the 120, I didn't. And it, it wasn't the second that what was blocking my view, it was the first one, because it flipped up so much. And then uh, I missed and he, he, he hit that leg at me. He got, he, he got to me a little bit when he was here. I think he wanted to go and talk to where my dad but he wasn't there when he came back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he was doing. He walked all the way down to the studio and like, come on. See where the hearts come on, let's play. You're not the first person in this year's William Hill World Championship to talk about players playing slowly, but you managed to get the job done. Yeah, I don't know. It got to me a little bit, but... And I just thought, I thought, if I want to win this, just don't, let, don't think about it. Is there a, a special kind of pressure when you're 3-0 up in a race to four and then they start coming back at you? It's a different kind of pressure than if it was just going set win, set loss, set yeah. win, get into a close game at the end. Yeah, it does, it does get to you. But, like, like I said, to be fair, that could have been 2-1 either way. Because I took that 1-4-4 four, four, and then I took another one out and then I took another one out. One six. Or... It's one of them, isn't it? Well, you're through to the quarter-finals of the William World Championship for the third time in your career. You must be glad Gary Anderson's not there waiting for you, because he's the guy who's beaten you the previous time. Yeah, I've got Van Gogh, haven't I? Yeah. Van Gogh, I watched his game last night with Mustard. Both of them, Joe Cullen, Mustard. Look, that's me losing this game. Unfortunately, it was Joe, but I'm going to relax that. To be fair, I think I'll play, a little, I'll play better against Van Gogh this, this time round, because... Um, I know he's beat me a lot, and he'll be at, he'll be at my pace where I won't be slowing down. I'll just play my own game, so I think he'll do a lot better. The stuff you were throwing during that game there against Dimitri, do you think it's going to be enough to beat MVG on the weekend? Um, the finish was quite good actually, so it could be, could be. We'll see. I'll, I'll play better when I play him. So many times in major tournaments. You've gone there, played absolutely amazingly. Then you've run into it. It used to be Phil Taylor, then it was Van Gerwen. Here it's been Gary Anderson. It's all-time greats in the quarterfinals. Yep. And you've been left walking away going, I've given a great account of yourself, but I haven't gone any further. It's about time that changed, didn't you? Yeah, I got a message this morning on my phone uh, four years from four years ago, me, me and Gary. Like, it, it pops off on my newsfeed and it says, um, I, I lost five, five three quarters and I hit 21 to East 12 and... How would you lose me then? <laughs> you know what I mean? But Anderson played out with skid. So and that, that's gone now. So that's gone. I'm just looking forward to the to what finals now. As a week. We'll see you in 2021. See you, Thank you. Dave, congratulations. Just touching on the, <clears throat> the pace things. Obviously, it's been a lot made of it with Gary and over this week. Do you think players, not just out there, but are doing it too much in general at the moment? Yeah, I, I, to be fair, for me, if I, if I did that, it does put me off straight away. I just want to get up, throw, get back, up, throw, get back. But 
I don't see the point of walking all the way down to the other studio and coming back and then I'm going to shot a double and then he missed. If he'd have gone straight at it, he'd probably hit that. That's so hard. It's, I, I went mourning up when I was on stage. I was like, I'm mourning now. I'm not mourning, but I'm just telling you how it was. Is it frustrating though when players do it to you? That's going to don't bother me. Because it, it, yeah, they're coming back at you, they're doing it. You're thinking that in your head when you're up there. But when you win, it's all gone and it's all gone. Right, agreed. And like Dan said, quarterfinals have been the stumbling block. But is this the best version we've seen of you here, the way you're playing the first two games? To be fair, like, like I said about the four years ago, the time up came up on my, on my phone. And I, was, I was playing well then. But I think this is probably the best I've come into the World Championships. I feel so confident in myself, so bring it on. Pleasure as always, thank you very much. Thank you, cheers. Dave, I'm sure there would have been people before the tournament not expecting you to reduce the doubts you have, but did you believe from the start that you'd be where you are now? Yeah, I, I thought I'd be where I am. Listen, 2020 have been rubbish for everybody. Mm. Well, we've all took it different ways, and like, I'm not the best. I'm Normally for me, and my doubts is from September to December yeah. is good. Well, I've been poor, and everybody knows that, but I've just gone on the board in this lockdown and practised. And I've come to the Worlds, and, and I, I even thought to myself that I'm playing well. Well, sometimes I think as When I played in the Grand Slam, instead of throwing the darts, I was flicking them. Mm. I said to Roger the other day that when, I, when he picked me up on transition, I've been practising, I've been trying to get this flick out, out my darts. For ages now, since since I got knocked out of Grand Slam, and it just went. It just it actually just went. I said, I feel really good. Right, ladies and gentlemen, the metaphorical feet are on the desk. I have grabbed myself a cold one. Cam, you can go and maybe I don't know, go and uh, go and hoover your hands. Get that, get that working man's kettle on, Cam. Absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Jack Gobbigarwood, go the floor. <laughs> you run away with it. Go on. Oh, you've teamed me up here. I can't disappoint now. Mm-mm. No, I don't, I'm literally, I've, I've grabbed myself a cold one, mate. This is all yours. <laughs> Look, I got a lot of stick for being a bit apprehensive to the way that Dimitri Vandenberg went about his work in the match play final. There was plenty of people that didn't agree with me that there was some elements of, as Gary Anderson likes to call it nowadays, gamesmanship in that situation. And it, it, it appeared today, didn't it? Let's be honest. Um, I just said to you, I'm much, everybody much prefers the pace of the first three, four sets when they're going at a hammer and tong. And the performance from both level was brilliant, right? Dimi is a far better player when he plays at that pace, but in doing so, he enables his opponents sometimes or allows them to play their game too. He slowed it down and he did it deliberately and he did it again and it's becoming a habit and I don't like it. The same way that Gary didn't like it and the same way that Mentor were absolute stick for it on social media over the last couple of days. None of it. I haven't seen it anywhere near as much towards Dimitri at the minute. And at one point, I genuinely think he took longer than the 27 seconds between hitting a, dart, a double and then throwing to start the next leg. He was down at Does this he... guy's studio, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> so well, call the not even that. He hits the title double. He take he celebrates. He gets t- takes him out the board one at a time. They were next to each other. Normally doesn't do that. Normally it's all in one hand, especially if they're that close. Walks away. The ref calls game on, and then he takes another five to ten seconds to start. Don't get me wrong. Pressure moment, absolutely superb. But get up and throw your darts because that wasn't that moment wasn't for him. That wasn't to compose himself. That was to try and throw Dave Chisnell off. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I actually kind of disagree with you here. I I get what you're saying. I think there's possibly an element to it, but works different with Dimmy to Mentor. Mentor is absolutely 100% doing it to put his opponent off. It's nothing to do with his own game. I genuinely think Dimmy, he's got something in his head where he feels like he needs to calm himself down and that's when he throws his best darts. And if you look at the two sets before where he's coming back from 3-0 down, he would look calm all the way through with that because he almost was in the point where he thought he'd lost the game already and he could just be relaxed and throw. Then when it gets back closer again, I think he is getting himself worked up and he feels like he needs to slow it down. And I don't think it was so much to put Chizzy off. I think he's trying to do it for himself, but I think he's doing the wrong thing for himself. I don't I, I don't think it was gamesmanship in the same way Mensa's was. But I also think if he rides that adrenaline a little bit more, he probably plays better and he probably keeps at the same pace, but he's just trying to keep that that level of persona he'd had for the last two sets, but it's a completely different scenario. I disagree because there's such a difference in his pace. Go back and watch him at the Grand Slam just, when he was just, unbelievable. Just a quick one on there, Gob. You can notice not just about the Grand Slam, but you can notice the difference between those first three sets. Even though he's losing those first three sets, you can still see the pace that he's throwing at. And then all of a sudden, he drops off in sets five and six. Now, granted, it's a long game in particular. Because, you know, it's going nearly over an hour and you can't necessarily sustain that. Some players cannot sustain that. I understand that. But there you can clearly see there's a marked difference. And it was towards the end of hard watch between the pair. Bring back the crowd. It didn't make it. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't no chance have had that, that opportunity no chance to do it with the crowd. Well, not, even, not even no chance to do it with the crowd. If he does it with the crowd, the crowd is the great level. That is the only chance the faster settled player has in this situation because they can't demand the opponent speed up they can't play to their own rhythm because the the opponent is slowing it down so badly literally the only chance they have in that situation is the crowd jump straight on the back of the player slowing the game down going we don't want to see this shit it's a fair point do you think though like i mean i know that that last set was horrendous to watch it was painful but He's just played his best two sets in those two previous. And I, I genuinely do believe he was trying to keep at that same level and k- try and put that same performance up. I, I don't think he was as much thinking about what Chizzy was doing. Because to be fair, Chizzy, towards the end, was taking his time a little bit as well. I don't think it really, like, I don't know. I'm not sure if it, I think just the, the whole game and the pressure got to both of them towards the end. Well, we have to move it on because we have still got three games to talk about, but... Dave Chisholm is in the quarterfinals. He will play Marco Van Gogh. We'll touch on that in the quarterfinals section in just a little bit. Cam, want to move on, though, and talk about the Orbit Genius, who is just... Where on earth Dirk Van Dijvenmoder has come from this year? We saw him at the start of the year make Euro Tour semi-final. Was sexy picking the UK Open. Lost out to Mental Sulevich. Went a bit southwards in the middle of the year. But since that game against Sulevich, once again, 
at the Grand Prix, he has ridden the crest of a wave after wave after wave. A 4-3 win over Glenn Durrant. And this is a really strange game because he was constantly averaging around about five, ten points higher with Dirk. But Duzzer was just doing what he normally does, which is setting up shots brilliantly and pinging the doubles. But in the crucial moments, he just could not get the double sorted. And Dirk was just excellent. He was. It was strange to see, really, because, like you said, up until sort of the latter stages, Duzzer was doing what Duzzer does and just taking out the shots when he needed to, winning the sets. So, like, it could realistically have been 4 0 to Dirk. Like, if, if Duzzer doesn't take all those shots out in exactly the moment where he needed to, it could have been. But, yeah, Dirk just. It's strange, really, because he seems like the sort of character that would love the crowd to be there. But he's been so good since there hasn't been a crowd there. It's, <laughs> maybe maybe he gets too worked up if there's a crowd. I don't know. I think the one for me was, I think it's sixth set, if my memory serves me correctly. It is a sixth set. I'm just looking through it on the stat sheet now, God. Doesn't miss his double 16, his beloved double 16, for a 2-1 lead in that set. Would have been thrown for the match. If he, if he needed to. Dirk then completely changes the set with the big fish. It's his fourth ton plus of the day. Of the day. That, for me, was the moment where I thought that this game is heading to the Aubergenius. That was outstanding under that amount of pressure. Yeah, 170 is a special whenever you do one. I, I've done one to win a match, and I tell you what, it is the best feeling <laughs> in the world. No, especially when you're absolutely especially when your opponent is yeah. when your opponent sat on a finish as well. Oh my god, I scream like a little girl. I'm not going to lie, um, <laughs> but it was a tight turner, and there was that air of inevitability that even though Dirk was behind, he he had the. Rob Stud non-existent momentum factor. Um, <laughs> and he, he, momentum was on it. And he, he just had this air of confidence about himself that he had Glenn where he wanted him and he was just going to keep going and going. He was flowing a lot better um, and he, he did what he needed to do to get a vibe. Almost like MVG yesterday without the, the spectacular Joe Collin stood opposite him. Once he hit that and, and started going back at his opponent, you, you almost knew then. And what a year, like you say, Dirk van Dijvenberg is having, obviously, into the quarterfinals with an unbelievable um, win there. Quick word on... He's two wins away from the top 16 in his debut year, by the way. Because oh, not, not debut year, because he's been a tour card holder before. So he's... Mm. One win away from 21st, 22nd yes. in the order of merit. Two wins away, it makes the final from the top 16. And also more than... The man picked his tour card back up in January. We've seen some meteoric rise in this sport, right? And normally, they're from players that enter the PDC for the first time. Rob Cross. But I don't think we've... we've and Glenn Durant. Yeah. But Dirk's rise this year has been arguably... Just as good as those two, and if well, cross winning a world title is a bit different, but the rest of the year basis just as good. To be fair, for Dirk. and it is still potentially there. If he goes on to losing the Grand Prix and win this, it might be better. A better year than Rob Cross. I'm saying yeah. it now. That, that's I a think fair point. Is, yeah. That's a fair point. And here's the deal as well, though. I'm going to mention the P word very briefly. Cam, 
one win away potentially a world if, if he beats Gary Anderson and makes a world semi-final with a Grand Prix final he is knocking on that door hard can you just way. imagine that walk on with crowds oh. in the Premier League on a Thursday night Oh, it'd be... can you imagine it in back-to-back nights in Rotterdam I know exactly oh I think no, no, there's no I think he's a huge year, is there? No, there's not. There's only one, isn't there? We don't know what's going on next year. There could still be a chance. Oh, they chuck him in. Back-to-back nights in Rotterdam. Don't you worry. <laughs> they might have a week, though. <laughs> uh, Uncle Barry we... ain't getting that award for nothing, mate. Yeah. He knows. There'll be a week there. <laughs> aubergine with every pint. Yeah. No, aubergine. Rather than the... the oh, only one, purple orange on one night and just purple everywhere purple for the second night. What a scene. <laughs> And also, as well, more than anything than that, can we imagine that in the cow shed bouncing off the walls there in Exeter? <laughs> we love the cow shed. Yeah. Oh, the cow shed. I love it. I love that arena, the West Point. We have to move it on, but I think he's knocking on the door very hard of the Premier League, particularly if he wins that quarterfinal. We have to move it on, though. And we have to talk about another last leg deciding victory for the Bullet Stephen Bunting camp. I don't, he, he might as well, rather than change his nickname to the Bullet, he should be last leg Bunting at this moment in time. He obviously beat Andy Bolton with a last leg decider. Um, he uh, turned it around against James Wade yesterday and now wins a last leg decider in a really good game against Ryan Searle. Yeah, I mean, he could have the bottle, he could have anything like mm. anything along those lines. Um, probably a couple that are not quite as PC as well, if you want to throw them in there as well. But oh, he's yeah. got a big set of them. Um, yeah, and he keeps, <laughs> keeps doing it in those, in those last leg deciders. I mean, he's such a likeable guy as well, isn't he? Um, it was great to see. And who's to say that he doesn't go on and go to a semi-final now as well? I mean, 10 180s, a couple of ton pluses, 97 average. And to be fair, he he had a couple of, couple of down spells in the match as well. I think he's probably still got a little bit more in the locker as well if he needs it. Just a quick one before we talk about bunting a bit more, Goff. Ryan Searle, he had a great year in terms of he's won a pro tour this year. Fantastic. But he'll be a bit. I think he'll be a bit gutted because, I'll be honest with you, a world semi final or certainly well, a world semi final was at his doorstep there with the way that he's been playing, and he'll be a bit gutted that he hasn't moved himself in towards the top thirty two. Quite tight still, but he's still a little bit further off. I think he'll be a bit gutted about that, especially in that after that last leg where he just didn't get going at all, got going far too late. Yeah, he, he's. He's another player that he's seen a steady rise over a couple of years and he's becoming more and more dangerous to the rest of the field. The fact the man can barely see is ridiculous and not talked about enough either. It gets mentioned occasionally and the commentator will stick on it for a few minutes, but he's borderline legally blind, for Christ's sake. He throws the biggest, heaviest darts you've ever seen in your life. Um, and he's superb when that his grouping is fantastic, right? If he hits one, his second and third dart following is superb. Um I'd like to see a bit more of something from him. And I'm not sure what it is. I want a bit of emotion, a bit more character from him. A bit of... Yeah. Just something just to... Just to sort of... That last bit that just... You think he's going to do this here as soon as he... Yeah, I and I get I get that some people aren't extrinsic. Very, he, yeah. he seems like a very intrinsic character, but... If you're going to get fans and crowds behind you that will help you get over the line in these tough matches, you've got to show them something. You've got to be a bit of a character. There's got to be something for them to go, I like that. I'm going to back this guy. 
Well, he's got the long hair. He's got the sort of rock star sort of look that he could if he, build if he off that, and use. And then he's the softest voice, softest tempered man you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it'll be funny as well. If you walked onto the Lord Farquaad music, then I think people might get that with, uh, you know, with Lord Farquaad on the on the screens. I think people might get that. I'm not sure that's the edge you need, though. I think it needs to be a little bit more edgy and a bit more in your face. Yeah. But just just have just have that something else about you. But because not only that, then your opponents will fear you as well. You have that something else about you. You carry that little something else about you. Not only have you got that little bit more belief in yourself, but you get a, a, a fan base behind you as well. Jesus, you become tough to be. You Even tougher than he already is. You yeah, when everyone's do. getting on your, on your opponent's back and behind you every time you come up to throw a dart, it makes a big difference. Let's talk about the final game of the day. And can we talk about a man... Really, that is flying under the radar at this event. Again, he's last on on this one. I'm sure he'll be fuming about that, but that's how it works. I'm sorry with the way that things have worked today in the shape of Daryl Gurney, who this is probably one of the most comfortable wins I've ever seen for the chin. Eight maximums, not great on the checkout. It's just a standard game, really. Vincent didn't really turn up until a little bit later on in the game. But uh, look, it was a really, really good, solid performance with the chin who makes a quarterfinal, which we did not expect at the start of the week. Well, no, it's two weeks again now, really. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all a blur, isn't it, really? Yes. Um, but he's another another guy who was tipped by a couple of the team to be a, a round two casualty. And mm. he's... He's been really Try them under the bus while you're there after I, you I'm lost not, one I'm earlier. Not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not naming names. All I'm saying is that there was more than just me that got one wrong this week. Um, That's how it works. That's how the game works at this show. Yeah, if, yeah, if you get more right than wrong, we, we kick you out. That's not how it works. Yeah, I've literally, I'm completely out now. I've run out of players now. Mine have all gone. <laughs> um, and the, <laughs> one of the ones that I tipped to go out is still there. Um, so I've had an absolute stinker, but... Um, other than that, though, back to Daryl Gurney, he's playing really well and seems in a really good place. It wasn't his best performance today. I mean, he's averaged higher so far this tournament, but it was pretty comfortable. And he he looks like he can turn it on and he can be a danger. Gobby, your, your thoughts on this? Because obviously, Vincent didn't really turn up today. We, we, we know that maybe it was just a little bit... Of a bridge too far, and I'm gutted that he's not going to be anywhere near the Premier League. It's it's, an, it's, a, it's a crying shame. We need the man across England, despite the fact that uh, he, he may have uh, said a few not the nice things about England, but seeing him on the 17 night tour of the UK, Ireland, and Europe, yes, please. Um, but a big result for Gurney. He moves back up into the top 10 in the world, moves ahead of Ian White. If we were to cause the upset against Gerwin Price on quarterfinals day, that to me sees him go number eight in the world or number nine in the world ahead of Dimitri. Dimitri's in the Premier League. Could he potentially re- rescue himself and be back in the race for the for the for the for the Prem next year? And we thought he was a certainty to go out. I think he'd need a final. Hmm. But I just, but I just got a chance though if he gets through this. Yeah, he, he has got a good chance if he gets through it. And to be honest. He was 100 to 1 at the start of this event and has completely snuck under the radar. We haven't spoken about him first on any pod, even when he's been the headliner or the big name in a session. 
he's gone about his business. He's been very, very solid. I don't think he's faced a match start yet, which some of the other top boys have. He's been yeah. in control, very comfortable, looks good, steady up on the stage. He's relaxed in his interviews. He, he's been very good this week. And actually, the fact we're talking about him last in these six games again will suit him. He's just allowed to go about his business and he's very, very tough to beat. He's a two-time major champion. Yeah. And they're recent as well. It's not as if it's like 10, 15 years ago. We're not talking about Mervyn King being a Winmar World Master as a major champion. We're talking about somebody who's won titles, two TV titles within the last five years. Yes. He was, I was there for that one when he beat... He had an game. absolutely dreadful start to the area. His form looked abysmal. His, his Premier League campaign wasn't great. And to be honest, if I was him, despite the fact how great it is being in the Premier League and this slight upturn in form, a year out of it wouldn't be the worst thing for him. No, I agree. For, yeah, uh, the big thing uh, for me, obviously, on this one, I should stress about Gurney, is the fact that, like you say, he, he's completely thrown in the radar. I mean, if you talked about the fact, Cam... That he almost hit his first ever nine dart finish on television. Double 12 wired. He had to settle for a 10, which is not as good. Not good. No, no. I mean, it's really poor a 10, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we can all, only, only just dream of being so poor that we hit 10s. Um, yes. But other than that, but yeah, like you said, I mean, he was, he did nearly hit that nine dart. And I imagine there would have been a little bit more of a reaction than than we got yesterday from the nine data, which mm. kind of sucked. I, I think there was more reaction from him missing it than I the person that hit one yesterday. I think there was. I think there was more excitement, at least. It was, yeah, yesterday's was a bit of an anti-climax. Um, I'm quite surprised, to be honest, that Gobster didn't spontaneously combust when he hit, when James Wade hit a nine data. Well, he was still too hey, busy. Right my man 009 does what he wants. He was too busy <laughs> crying about the fact that he'd already decided that he'd, he was going out and he... <laughs> <laughs> I had I, I'd even on Twitter to a friend at uh, New Free University I'd made the comment bit worried about this performance from Wade already and he doesn't normally respond well after a break there is no extra gear he doesn't suddenly find something <laughs> that, went, that ended well didn't it <laughs> next leg <laughs> the nine <laughs> but you weren't wrong either because the rest I mean, he found nothing else for the rest of the performance and he yeah. stayed very, very much at the same level that he started the game with. So, yeah. Okay, on. I'm, World of trouble. I've got, I've got to bring this back here. Even when we talk about Daryl Gurney, we're not talking about Daryl Gurney. He's <laughs> <laughs> this. But congratulations to Gurney and lucky uh, Chin for not hitting the nine. But you're through to the quarterfinals and that is all that matters. So, here we go. Then this is the last day of darting action in 2020. We will be glad to see the back of this year for sure. Uh, Daryl Gurney, four. Vincent Vanderbilt, two. Stephen Bunting, four. Ryan Searle, three. Gary Anderson, four. Devin Peterson, nil. Uh, then it was an evening session. Dirt Van Diven Boda four, Glenn Durrant three, Going Price four, Mervyn King one, and Dave Chisnell four, Dimitri Vandenberg two. Um, then, now, that is it. That is darts for 2020, certainly in terms of televised darts uh, for 2020. Uh, but we will be back on New Year's Day. Uh, some of us, uh, not naming names, have decided that they're going to take one for the team. Everyone else can stay up and see in the new year. I will be definitely in bed by half past nine uh, because uh, I will be uh, getting ready for an afternoon session at the start of 2021. That looks like this. The World Championship quarterfinals look like this. Christopher Tyski against Stephen Bunting starts us off 
out for the first game of 2021. That is not a, do you know what? That isn't a bad game. I'm really excited for that, I think, more than anything else. Sneaky good one, isn't it? Sneaky little good one. Full distance all over it. 6 5. 100%. 9 uh, sorry, 5-4, I've absolutely just thrown the wrong numbers out there. 5-4. Oh, it doesn't right. matter. Sorry, we, we, we do it on this show, it's fine. Uh, Gary Anderson against Dirk Van Dijk and Boda uh, then in the afternoon session. Evening session looks like this. Gerwin Price against Daryl Gurney and Michael Van Gerwen against Dave Chisnell. Speaking of those quarterfinals, I want to, uh, from either from all of you, or the two of you, because I'm going to give my results as well, who we think makes those semi-finals now. So I will start with you, Cam. Christopher Tyski and Stephen Bunting, who wins that game? You talked about it being an nine-set thriller. Who goes and wins it? Last leg bunting. I'm get calling it now. Leg. We get last leg bunting again. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he might just just outlast him and just find it when he needs it. Gob? I, I like Stephen. i got a lot of time for Stephen, but I've got to go with my boy, the Eagle. He's another one that looked very good to start with. He's been my boy for a long time. Then you weighed in here and started giving me jit. Um, he's been solid, apart from nearly spontaneously combusting against Clemens when it came down to it. Um, I, I just don't see that performance happening again. I think he'll be solid, steady. He'll get out in front and he'll, he'll, he can control the game from there. But if he does we'll that just... in the last leg, bunting yeah, will work Clemens. Well... If they both end up on double one, my man's got the history, so... <laughs> All I'll say is, is that a win for Christopher Tyski puts him into the top ten in the world. And I think that is what we're going to see. I do think that Christopher Tyski, he's been a great run for Stephen Bunting, make no mistake about that. But it will be Christopher Tyski into a World Championship semi-final. Poland having a World Championship semi-finalist. Wow, what a time, what a way we've come. All half of that, probably most of that, actually, all down to the work of Barry and Matt. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Gary Anderson against Dirk van Dijvenbode is next. This is again a little sneaky good one. I'm very excited for this one because this one, God, could be anything. Where's your money? It, it would not surprise me if Gary Anderson came through this because he just seems to be having one of those tournaments where mm. he, he's getting on the good side of the results. That being said, if it's your tournament, your week, your day, your year, it's your year. And this, for me, is one of them moments. Dirk overcame a very rugged Glenn Durant today, um, looked very good in doing so, and, and just found an extra gear when he needed it. And I also don't believe at the minute that Gary believes he's got that extra gear. And that means Dirk gets over the line. A reminder, of course, that these two played in a quarterfinal not too long ago at the World Grand Prix. That day, Dirk van Dijvenbode beat Gary Anderson and he beat him 3-1. Obviously, it was the first two, uh, first of three sets at that stage. And Dirk van Dijvenbode can call him his hero. Can you beat your hero twice? No. I'm, I'm firmly in the Gary Anderson camp here. I think the fire he's got right now... I think he beats him. And I think if Dirk starts off missing chances like he did today, Gary will run away with it. Um, I, I just saw something in that last set that's just convinced me that he's just finding something. And we know how little it takes for Gary to click into gear. And that one set could be enough where he has a couple of good practices now. 
but he does, obviously. Um, <laughs> he's a couple of good players. That's like, that's like, will he go to the Euro Tour camp? Come on. Yeah. Of course he won't. Okay. <laughs> okay, then he just turns up on the stage and it just works from from the start. And I think, I think Gary beats him. I really do. I think it's the best game of the quarterfinals. I think it's going to be an absolute barnstormer, but I think Gary has that extra gear that we know Dirk's got an extra gear, but I think Gary's is a little bit higher. Well, the thing for me is, is that we all know my love of the Orbe genius. We, we all know how much I love that bloke to bits, especially this year and what he's achieved. Um, but unfortunately, there always comes a time where it, it does collapse, unfortunately, and, and, and your run comes to an end. He is probably, in my opinion, one win away from a potential Premier League spot. I do think that. I think if he makes the semi-final and gets beaten by Van Gerwen, there's no shame in that. As I've told you already, spoiler alert, you know where I'm going with that quarterfinal. Um, but <laughs> ah, this is really, really tight, but I'm going to go Gando just. Anderson wins this one. Very, very close game. Maybe 5-3, 5-4, we are talking. Uh, we're going to move on then to the evening session now. Going Price against Daryl Gurney. Cam, can Daryl Gurney continue this amazing run? Or will Gerwin Price make the semi-finals for the second straight year at this tournament? I do think Daryl's playing well enough to win. But it all comes down to which Gerwin Price we see. I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best from him so far. If we see the same level again, he might be in a bit of trouble. But I do think that he's going to find another level. And I think Gerwin Price will win it. Gob? Same for me. He's he's just a level above Gurney at the minute, and I don't think that's disrespectful to say. Gezi's had a phenomenal year, um, and he, he, he's got it when he needs it. And I just think that'll get him over the line once more. I'm obviously going to pick Price, because I picked him at the start of the tournament to be world champion. But I'm going to caveat this by something here that's just come to my, at my memory bank. Remember last year in the World Match Play when we all expected Peter Wright when he was playing the best darts, I'd say, since, you know, that he'd been playing at that time period. We expected him to go and make the match play final. Gurney turned up and put in the best television performance I've seen all year all year in 2019. Don't write him off. I, no, I'm I, say. I, yeah, I, that's where I'm kind of at. I think he could, he could do it. And he has put in some... He's probably putting the better performances than Price so far. Correct, yes. And if if they both play like they've played so far, I think Gurney can beat him, but I do think that Price needs someone to really push him to get him going when there's no crowd there. And I think if Gurney does click into gear and play like that again, it's going to find something else in Price, and I think he will just get over the line. Do you know the only reason why I backed Price? Well, there's plenty of reasons, but carry yeah. on. <laughs> because I want to see him play Christoph Ratajski after their Pro Tour scraps. Oh, yes. That yes. would be one hell of an interesting one, wouldn't it? That would be interesting indeed. Uh, yes. Right, moving on. The final game of the quarterfinals, the lineup is Michael Van Gerwen against Dave Chisnell. I don't need to tell you the record that Dave Chisnell has against Michael Van Gerwen. It is atrocious. And there is no one stopping Michael Van Gerwen at this moment in time, particularly into the final. Uh, no matter who comes through the other side of the draw, Michael Van Gerwen makes the final. So I don't care. You can, you can take the, the semi-final pick already that I'm going to put him in there. I think Van Gerwen wins this one quite comfortably. The action doesn't uh, hold up for Chiz. 
And uh, in a, a five set and nine set battle, you aren't winning five sets against Michael Van Gogh. It's simple as plain as that. So I'll, I'll happily be going first on that one. Gob? Um, I'm going to agree, but be less harsh about it. The record is atrocious and... I, there are I levels genuinely in this sport, God. There are levels in this sport, and unfortunately, Van Gogh is a level above Chisnell. That is how the, 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 the law is the law of the jungle. I don't understand how Chizzy played the way he did tonight. It, it just does not make sense because his release point is never ever the same. His follow through is almost just just never identical. When he gets it right, glorious. But when it's wrong, it is so so wrong. And his record in set play tournaments is fantastic for a man that we consistently say going has no bottle or the action doesn't hold up under pressure. And it's, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, but like you said, the record is atrocious. Van Gerwen looks levels above. He's been pushed at the highest level. Um, Cullum was unbelievable and still couldn't put him away and Chizzy would have to do that and more in my opinion and I don't see him doing that for nine sets it's too long to do it over and I'm going to have to agree I really like Dave Chisel and I'd love to see him do it and I mean if he does what everyone else has done so far and raise the game against Van Gogh and then he gives him a fright but again when it comes down to it Will he be able to do it? I mean, you look at what Dibby did to him in sets four and five today from 3 nil up and put in 12, 13, 12, 12, whatever it was that he, he threw and, and won those sets. Van Gerwen's going to do that to you as well and put you under even more pressure. And it might be 10, 11, 9, 10, rather than 12, 12, 13, 12, like... Not even that. The pace that MVG will do it to you, he can take the game away from you in 10 minutes. Dimmies was so elongated, it, it took a lot longer to get through those sets where he was coming back at him that, that just gives Chisnell that chance yeah, to reset well, you know, and get his mind straight. You're not all of a sudden... You've you're not 3-0 three three down. How on earth has that happened? I, I haven't done anything wrong, but I'm that far yeah. behind already. Yeah, like... If he raises I'm going to give him a chance of recovery. He'll give him a bit of trouble. And if he can do what Cullen did and win the first set and get some confidence, then maybe. But if he, if he loses the throw and then loses that first set, doesn't get away well, it's almost over immediately because you can't chase against that man. We could be we could be having a really nice record about nine o'clock on uh, on Friday night. I'm really uh, you know uh, don't wish to be too disingenuous, but it could be all over by nine, which is what we like to see. Uh, that is it then from the World Championship Daily uh, for 2020. Obviously, we've still got two more to go with you on the quarters and semi final nights. But just a quick word uh, from all of us here uh, before we go. Uh, look. There's no doubt in it that it's been a horrendous year. Um, we, we talked about this at the start of Christmas or towards, towards the uh, the Christmas break. And obviously, gentlemen, um, everyone's gone into tier four in England pretty much. Uh, if you haven't, then you are very, very lucky indeed. This is a, a very strange feeling because it feels like we're back in March again, doesn't it, Gob? To be honest. Yeah. Uh, not an ideal ending to a, not an ideal year, I think is... <laughs> The, the easiest way to put it um, 
there's hope for next year. Q school has been pushed back a bit and at some point we will return to normality. Um, if only Uncle Barry was in charge of the country and not just Matry, we might have, have got on with it and found some common sense somewhere. But yeah, it, just talk, be open with people, reach out for help if you ever need it. There's plenty of people out there that will listen to you. Um, keep smiling, keep moving on and keep subscribing to us. We'll still be here next year. Yeah, completely yeah. echo those sentiments. I mean... We're here to give you a laugh, give you the updates. Probably annoy you at times, but <laughs> we're here for you to listen to and be a little bit of an escape. But then there's also, like Gob said, there's always people out there that will listen to you, that will talk to you. Um, whether it's you do what I did today with one of my mates and just go out for a for a hike and walk through the snow and just have a good have a good chat socially distanced of course and but just have that little bit of time where you get something off your chest and get it away and hopefully next year will will get better I mean we're all looking at it as being get out of this year and get into next year but then we're going straight into it in the same way that this last year has been but there is a light at the end of the tunnel there always is and there's always someone there for you and hopefully we just bring a bit of joy to you as well and and I mean, if we don't, at least hopefully the action does, because it has certainly has to me for the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure it has to the rest of you. Yeah, and look, this is what we want to try and end on. Obviously, um, you, you, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, come, you're listening to it on New Year's Eve, and there is no doubt that 2020 has been just the most awful year. You think back to the start of 2020, when we lost a, a great person in, in basketball, a hero of mine in Kobe Bryant. And his daughter in a helicopter crash. Australia was on fire. We didn't know what the hell was going to be happening with Brexit. Uh, you know. Oh, we've all we've forgotten had, about that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we've obviously had the coronavirus outbreak and the pandemic that subsequently we've obviously had racial protests happening against in the UK, in the US and in, around the world after George Floyd's murder. We've had so many things being talked about this year in 2020 we've also had so many heroes there's moments where particularly in the uk where we've clapped our, our heroes in the in the health service and i know a lot of people in the health service listen to this show so again at the moment when you're in the eye of the storm we really do appreciate what you do and we appreciate and apologize if we're being a bit self-indulgent here because we know we need to end this show but i think it's quite an important year to look back on because when we do look back on it in particular this year, while we haven't been able to go to the sporting events that we all love and we, we've had to adapt, we've had to adjust, we've had that sort of escapism. You think back to even last night, Van Gogh and Cullen, one of the best games to ever grace the Ali Pali stage. Just that a true escapism, the, the, the drama of Batajski Clements, just true escapism. And that is what sport can bring you. And that is what the darts has been able to bring you. And I hope that's what we've tried to do over the last six months here on Online Darts and God, you and I obviously on, on the old show as well. Um, I think that's a nice way to end it, to think that, yeah, it's been crap. <laughs> There's no doubt about it this year. It has been absolutely crap. But I'll tell you something, at 2021, on the fateful day where the restrictions do end, when we can go out, when we can go and hug each other again and we can go into restaurants and not have to, not necessarily worry, but worry as much about this dreadful disease it will be one hell of a story. And i tell you something, from all of us here, the World Match Play in 2021, we cannot wait for it. <laughs>
It's going to be eight days of solid partying and working in Blackpool. But we'll always be there for you whenever you need us. Thanks again, Gob. Thanks again, Cam, for joining us here on the, on the World Championship Daily. We really do appreciate you listening to us all the way through. Have a great new year. We can't wait to see you back at events. We can't wait to be back at events. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy it. And we're back here on New Year's Day when we'll be down to four. Take care. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.